glass of beer and talk about uh, all the things we can. So spare a minute of your time. Oh, it's time for. Humble is the good pint. The best beers are modest. We talk with Hunter of Tideland Brewing in South Carolina, a modest person brewing exceptional beer. This idea of modesty expands upon a trend I've noticed in the brewing industry. And that trend or idea is this. Whenever it's more about the beer than it is the brewer or the brewer's ego, the beer itself is inevitably better. Anyone who brews beer to feed an expanding ego in my experience, um, doesn't brew great beer, or I don't really want to be around. <laughs> uh, and that is not the case with Hunter at Tideland Brewing in South Carolina, where the beer is great, the company is exceptional, and the conversation is as flowing as the tides of South Carolina. Beer. I am tired. I think to myself as I pull into the Tideland Brewing parking lot for the night. I step outside my van and walk around slowly with the agility of an 80-year-old with crippling arthritis. It's always a bit hard to have the energy you want after a long day of driving. Luckily for me, good company and beer is remedy for the tired. And that's exactly what is waiting for me as I walk past the beautiful beer garden into the Tideland tap room. Hunter greets me warmly as I set up my gear in the beer garden. I am then given a kick-ass pale ale as we both sit down under the passing clouds and begin to talk. I wanted to start by talking about your background. How did you get to where you are now? Oh gosh, just like anybody else who starts a business, you get sick of what you're doing and and you need a little bit of a change. So I was a paramedic for 17 years. Um, spent a lot of time doing other stuff and always had brewing as a passion in my garage, in my backyard. So yes. finally got to realize that dream by taking a step, leaving that job and, and coming over here. What was the moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to start brewing? Because sometimes there's, there's a moment where people think to themselves, this is something that I have to do or been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah, I was playing around at home uh, making really poor quality beer. And I said, I'm either going to take this seriously or, or quit. So I, I started, started doing it right, and it went well. Yeah. Uh, I said, you know, we need to make this a brewery. So where, where did Tideland come in? Where did the name come in? Where did this idea? Well, I'm from here, uh, as is my partner, Jonathan. Yeah. And... We've spent all our lives in the water on the coast here, and mm. it's just something that's ingrained in us. It's a, it's a concept that's not necessarily hyper-local to Charleston. Okay. Um, it can be shared with anybody that has our experience on the coast. Yeah. Uh, so we were here in the, in the waterways, in the marsh, mm. and this area means so much to us, uh, and the natural resources that exist here are great. So we thought we'd honor that by, by calling it Tideland. While we're on the topic, let's talk a bit about the geography of South Carolina. South Carolina is made up of three 
geographic regions. Region number one is the mountains, the Blue Ridge region, which is in a small part of the state's northwest. Number two is the Piedmont foothills from east of the mountains all the way into our region number three, which is where the land meets the ocean as sandy beaches and marshes. And it's this third and final area that inspired Tideland Brewing, specifically around the Charleston area. And let's get a couple facts about Charleston in here. Charleston is a city that was established as Charlestown in honor of King Charles II, and it was founded in 1670. It is the oldest and largest city in South Carolina. Pretty cool. And I must say, I always enjoy when a local brewery name is inspired by the surrounding area. Doing so, in my view, ties it to the area and the people in ways that larger companies just can't replicate. Let's get back to Hunter, where we talk about Tideland, the climate of South Carolina, and how both of those impact the brews he chooses to brew. And how does that tie into the beer that you brew? Did it happen organically, or you just kind of look towards different styles and brew it that way? You know, we're we're all over the place with that, but we look to stuff that fits here in our atmosphere, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as, as other places around the world. We try to try to make solid beer no matter what it's nice to focus on the the time of year and the climate but we like to we like to keep it fresh all year with with stuff that that you can enjoy year round it may not make sense to some people what we brew in the summer or what we brew in the winter but we want to make sure you've got a good variety all year round we've got a lineup of probably four or five good dark beers right now here coming into summer and they're here to stay. We love them. If you embrace those styles, they can they can treat you well all year round. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Since I've been here for two days, it's been rainy and kind of cold. And from <laughs> from what I hear from everybody, it's not that way. Is no, that correct? This isn't what we do, especially yeah. on Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're out here in the beautiful beer garden under a, yeah. a shade of gray. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're used to. I was just in Mobile and Alabama. And a lot of the people I talked to had a unique experience growing up there because they couldn't, they didn't have access to craft beer. Growing up in South Carolina, what was it like? Like, what styles were you exposed to up until uh, I'll tell us you sitting here now? A very similar thing. Craft beer in South Carolina was so slow to to come out. The West Coast really led the charge on craft beer. So here in the, the South and the East Coast, we didn't have very many options. Actually, I went to school in Columbia, okay. uh, right up the road here uh, from Charleston. And some of your big name macro beers are the only ones you could get there even 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago. And even today, most bars are still serving that kind of stuff. Craft is, is coming to areas like that. Even just 10 years ago, there were five breweries. Mm-hmm. And now there's 37. So the wow. first few breweries started here on a complete uphill battle, not being able to, being held back, not being able to succeed because of the laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back then, actually the brewery that, that we followed into this location, um, Holy City Brewing, they moved to expand. They're doing a wonderful job just across uh, town, about two miles away. When they started here, I believe they started with five taps, and 
there was no such thing as going to a brewery for a pint. What you were doing at that time at any brewery here is going and visiting a manufacturing facility and looking at their process through a tour, and then you were offered a tasting as a part of that tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, we still are required to allow to give tours, but we can now sell pints because of the work of some of these breweries that came up uh, before us. So way back in 2011, 2013, 2015, things started to really change in our favor, and that's what allowed so many breweries to come into town. We started to be able to sell a pint over the counter at a brewery inside of a tap room. Yeah. Uh, we started to be allowed to serve food in a tap room, and now just last month a new law was, was approved where we can sell three times the previously allowed amount of beer to go. So for the first time in history in the state of South Carolina, you can purchase a six to keg from the brewery and take it home. That was never allowed here. Wow. And, and, and is that in thanks to all of the breweries that have popped up, the 30-plus breweries in South Carolina, just because of the volume? That, in part, thanks to the original three to five for really paving the way for us, some folks went out of their way to do a lot of hard work. And as more breweries came along and followed and started to pitch in, mm-hmm. a Brewers Guild was founded, and that guild was has been able to move forward and tackle laws that have been in our way. And there's still a lot of fight to have, mm-hmm. uh, but we're thankful for where we are, um, and we're contributing a significant amount to the economy of South Carolina. So yeah. uh, every piece of work that Brewers Guild is doing is, is super helpful to the community and the brewers. I'm going to blow your socks off with some South Carolina rapid-fire facts, starting off very, very strong and surprisingly with this fact. I hope you're ready. South Carolina produces more peaches than Georgia. Contrary to popular belief, Georgia is not actually the largest producer of peaches in the southeast. That belongs to South Carolina. Fact number two, Charleston is home to one of the oldest trees in the country. It resides just outside the city of Charleston and is called the Angel Oak. This oak is estimated to be around 500 years old, and it's still going strong. The final fact, and unarguably my favorite fact, is this. I hope you're ready. South Carolina has a monkey colony. On Morgan Island's 2,000 acres of land roams a colony of more than 3,000 monkeys. This island is inaccessible to humans. You can go by in a boat and see them from a distance, but that's it. Don't ask me why the monkeys are there. I don't know. That's a topic for another episode. But how cool is that? South Carolina, who knew? Let's wrap things up with Hunter back at Tideland. So I, I have a question that I ask everybody. I'm going to modify it a little bit for you because this is beautiful and surrounded by trees. And do you ever get a chance to stop, breathe, have a beer in your hand and look at what you created? Like from you brewing in your garage to now, you look at people enjoying your beer. How does that, how does that feel? Do you ever get chances to It's hard to, to step back and do that. But when I do have an opportunity, it's so rewarding. And that's why we got into this. Mm-hmm. It's great to, to see the result of our product getting in people's hands and them enjoying it over whatever they're doing. Uh, beer is such a unique thing. It brings people together. It brings community together. And uh, 
to step aside from the hustle and bustle that it is to run a business and brew beer every day to look at what it's doing um, is just so amazing so rewarding if we get lost in in the business it becomes a lot less fun so we have to step back and look at the end of the day it's about beer and and people and i always love look going to breweries and looking around at all the people enjoying beer and smiling and you've provided that to them so thank you for that and thank you for this wonderful beer hunter uh cheers and thank you so much for sitting down and and talking with me thank you i think it goes kind of without saying that every interview every place i put out there on this podcast i recommend and hunter is is no exception every time i try to talk up tideland brewing talk up him he was like yeah you know uh, other people did it first i just do it because i love beer and those are the people that i love talking to and i hope you enjoy hearing from kind genuine people who have stories who love beer and that's hunter that's tideland brewing so if you're ever in charleston near charleston please check them out additionally i asked hunter you know, what is it that you enjoy about South Carolina? Why do you stay here? And he said this. In Charleston, go down to a bridge or to the water and, and take a good smell. And that, that, that marsh smell that most people don't appreciate, that's, that's running in our blood. We love it. Yeah. It supports the economy. It supports, it supports the ecosystem here. Yeah. And uh, it's everything to us. If you, if you ever live here and leave, and come back to visit, that'll be your favorite smell. Yeah. 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 It's called Pluff Mud. Pluff Mud? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, then chase down that smell with a Tideland oh, beer. Yeah. Pluff Mud, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Beer Nomad. I really genuinely appreciate it. If you could rate and subscribe wherever you're listening now, it really helps the podcast to grow and stay afloat. Also, if you want to see where the van is at, uh, visually see some of the breweries that I go to, check out my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van. And that is it. Thank you so much. Drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers.